Welcome to the Desert Life Church podcast. We're so excited that you tuned in to hear our weekend message. From wherever you're listening from, we hope you are encouraged by this message. Why don't you welcome Pastor Dave as he comes to share. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, team. Thanks, Pastor Jamie. We've been sharing on belonging for a few weeks. Just get my notes ready here. And belonging is so important. Belonging is something that is God's plan for all of our lives. Before we start, though, I'd just like to make a little bit of a pledge on behalf of all three speakers this morning. Uh, Today, we're actually going to steer away from any heresy. Last week, you see a speaker who shall remain nameless uttered a heretical thought, which had to be corrected and was corrected during the week. And uh, and that person attributed a Bette Midler song to Mariah Carey. Now, we couldn't let that go, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, that just means you need to belong to our Facebook page, because we've been talking about this all week on the Facebook page. So we'll pledge today to steer away from those sorts of heresies, and we won't be misattributing any songs, uh, but we'll just be talking about belonging. Now, belonging is part of the very essence of God. God himself is not an individual. He, he is three in one. There is Father, Son, Spirit in unity, in oneness together. Belonging is just a part of the essence of his being. And when God created the world, everything was good. Everything was very good, except one thing. And, and I'm talking before sin. So before sin came in and ruined everything, when everything was perfect, there was one thing that wasn't good, and that was that the man was alone. So this is not just a matter of sin. This is actually a matter of what we were created for. And, and anyone who's ever left their man on his own for a while knows how bad that can be. Uh, but we are not created or designed to be alone. We're designed to be together. The science of human flourishing, which Pastor Ben often refers to, it's an entire uh, discipline of science that is very recent. But one of the things in a flourishing life, one of the key ingredients is for someone to belong to something bigger than you something that's broader, that that gives you purpose, that gives you meaning, that gives you identity, and that you can be part of. And in God's word too, belonging is a key within the church. And I don't just mean where we come on Sundays to meet in this place where we sort of call that the church, but we are the church, whatever we're doing, out there on Monday, on Saturday, we're the church because it's our identity, it's who we are. And God's plan for ministry is also through other people. Because the truth is that to fully appreciate the grace of God, you need other people. And to fully appreciate the grace of God, other people need you. And if any of us aren't part of that belonging, together, collective, then we're actually placing ourselves outside the will of God. You know, all through the New Testament, Scripture, all the Scriptures, all the promises of God, which we're told are yes in Jesus, but the amen is spoken by us collectively together to the glory of God. But all those promises that are given are given in the collective. Where it says you, English doesn't really translate that well from Hebrew and Greek, but the you, the word that is used, is the collective. Because when we are together in unity, in harmony, walking in step with each other, then the promises of God come in. Jesus said in Matthew 18, where two or three or more are gathered in my name, I am there with them. The implication there is that until we gather together, until it's more than just me and God then I'm actually missing out on most of the promise of God. Then his spirit comes in our midst. The Apostle John, in his epistle, 1 John chapter 1, goes as far as to say, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. 
So if we're walking in the light, we will have fellowship. We will be in unity together. We will be collectively together. But today we're going to look at how belonging can actually result in ministry because ministry is part of this whole thing of belonging. You cannot have ministry without people with you and, and not just you ministering to people but people ministering to you because it's a thing of give and take. It's a thing of we, we need to receive the grace of God and we also need to give the grace of God. God's grace comes from God but it comes through others. And God wants you to be someone who gives his grace to others as well. The Bible clearly teaches we need people. We should minister to one another, both giving and receiving. Some of us find it difficult to minister to others, to give. Others of us find it difficult to receive ministry from others. And both of those difficulties come from a place of brokenness. Identity issues could be an issue of not thinking that I'm worthy to minister. Well, that's good because none of us are. Not thinking that I'm worthy to receive or thinking maybe that that person's not worthy to give to me. You know, all of these different things can, can make it difficult to give or receive, but we are all called to be ministers, and we are all called to be ministered to. We're going to read a scripture, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 and 11, and it says, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power now and forever. Amen. You know, this is about him. This is for him. This is through him. This is to him, we're told in, in uh, Colossians. But today we're just going to quickly look at seven principles, seven principles of ministry, because these ministry principles are also required if we are going to move in the ministry of God. And can I say as well, ministry is not just what happens here. We'll talk more about that later. Ministry happens every day of your life, wherever you happen to be. But those seven principles we're going to briefly touch on are the serve principle, the grace principle, the glory principle, the strength principle. The, the principle of the individual initiative, the each one principle, and the common good principle. They're the seven principles of ministry that we're going to touch on briefly today. So let's look at the first one, the serve principle. The serve principle, your gifts exist to serve other people. Ask not what I'm getting, but what am I giving? You know, one of the most famous speeches of all time um, and whether you're American or not, you'll know this speech because John F. Kennedy stood there and he declared, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. And that, that principle, that stirring speech that he gave has become one of the, the, the most enduring speeches of all time because deep inside each of us, we have this longing, this desire to be part of something greater than us. We have this desire to, to, to put into something that's greater than us. You know, ministry is about serving. It's not about being served. Sometimes the selfish culture of the world around us tricks us into thinking that it's about me. Advertising will say, it's about you, the, the, the most important person in this world, you. Or this message, you, you, you. Or, or alternatively, you're not enough because you need our product or our service or our makeup or our whatever to be the best version of you. And, and it, it, uh, it feeds on our self-centred nature, and so it can be with ministry. You know, I've heard people who have said to me, oh, I'm, I'm called to be a preacher, I want to preach, I want to get up there and no one's ever given me a chance. 
And I've said to people before, I've, I've challenged them and said, well, no, you're not, because you've got seven days a week, 24 hours a day right now, and what are you doing with that? If you're called to preach, it doesn't require getting up here on a Sunday morning and preaching. It's something that's in you that you can do seven days a week, that you can come alongside people and you can use that gift to speak into their lives. And it's, it's the same with anything. Some, sometimes over the years, I've been in worship leading for, for a number of years, and some people have come up and said, I didn't like the worship today. And I said, well, that's okay, we weren't worshipping you. And, uh, you know, because the thing is that it's not about, I didn't like the worship today. I should be saying, God, did you like my worship today? Because it's like when I'm out there, it's actually about me worshipping him, not me being the food critic here, giving a 10 out of 10 for the team. Because it's actually not about you. And it's not about me. And whether I'm up here worshipping or whether I'm at home worshipping, someone says, oh, I want to be a worship leader, I want to worship. Well, are you worshipping? You don't have to be here to worship. You don't have to be here to minister. Ministry is not about you. And that's both the most challenging and the most freeing principle you'll ever discover. Because if it's not about me, it doesn't matter if I get this right or if I stuff it up, because it's actually not about me. I'm just obedient to God. And, and God, through his spirit, is speaking to you, not me. He's using me as a vessel, but all, all I need to do and all I get to do is to be obedient to that call. And if I'm obedient to that call, he will use me. So a question, key question in this serve principle, do I need God's help and God's grace to die to myself and to serve others like Christ? You know, the greatest form of ministry are those ministries that no one ever sees, the, the one that's down the back, you know, preparing the, the, the morning tea or cleaning the toilets or in the old person's home visiting someone during the week because it's not just about here on Sunday mornings. The greatest ministry is when you pour out your heart to others, whatever that looks like, to your own children. The number of people who have excelled up on the stage and while their children have fallen apart. Your greatest ministry is to your family, in your workplace. Personally, I've been an ordained minister for 20 years, but I can tell you now in that entire 20-year period, I have ministered more out there in the world than I ever have in the church. Um, because we sometimes have this, this uh, I guess, a, a two-sided worldview. We, we see some things are spiritual and some things are secular. But everything's spiritual. Everything can be ministry if you go in there as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The second one, the grace principle. The grace principle, God's grace can be conveyed to others by and through you. And they can also give that grace back to you as well. Grace comes from God but it comes through others. God could do this on his own. He could click his fingers and everything would be right. People often say, oh, if God's real, why are these things happening in the world? I wonder if God says the same thing to us. If you're my followers, why are these things happening in the world? You know, we want God to answer all of these prayers and fix all these problems, and he's actually given us the opportunity to be his hands and feet in this world. Nothing happens unless people partner with God and make it happen. And that's by design. That's not by default. The grace principle comes from God, but through people. So when I use my gifts, I use them as what they call a grace dispenser. It's actually not about me. If, someone, if someone's born into fabulous riches, hundreds of millions of dollars, and, and then they grow up and they've got hundreds of millions of dollars and they start boasting about their wealth, you'd sit there and say, but hang on, you didn't earn any of that. It was given to you. It was, you, you were born into it. And it's the same with my gifts. If I stand up here and boast about my gifts... My gifts are only, are only given to me by God. They're not because I'm so good or I'm better than anyone else or someone else is better than me. God gives gifts to serve the body, to serve people, and to dispense his grace to people. 
Jesus' ministry, the vast bulk of it, happened outside the church, or let's call it the synagogue back then. In Jesus' three years of ministry, there are 37 recorded miracles. We know there were hundreds of others, but 37 were specifically recorded. Of those 37, two happened in the synagogue. 35 happened. He was just walking down the street. He saw a need. He met it. He saw something wrong. He spoke out against it. He saw someone in bondage. He commanded that bondage to be gone. That was just walking down the street, doing what he did day to day. That was where ministry happened. So if Jesus... The Son of God, the one who came down here to show us the way, completed most of his ministry outside the synagogue. Don't you think we should do the same? He was only the recorded in um, the recorded occasions that Jesus was asked to preach were once. He got up in the synagogue once, according to the Gospels, and preached. And yet he preached to thousands and to millions through the words that were spoken. That was out there in the street. That was just doing what he did and people were drawn to him. So key questions for us here. Do I need God's help to receive his grace and to give it away to others? Can I live a life of serving and blessing others so that they can feel God's grace at work through me? And will I say yes to him doing his work through me? This ministry is for you in the sense that you are called to it, but it's not about you. Awesome. Morning, church. How are you doing this morning? Good. That is good. Um, so I'm talking about two more principles this morning. So the glory principle and the strength principle. Um, the first one is the glory principle. And that is when God is glorified in me when I dispense his grace to others by serving them with my gifts. So what's your motivation for serving? When we serve, the motivation behind why we serve should be to glorify God and to make him known to others. It shouldn't be, look at me, guys. Look at how good I am. Look at how much of a servant I am. Glory to me. Credit to me. Amen? It should not be about what we can get out of it but what others can get out of God while we're serving. Amen? A hunger for credit, a hunger for recognition, and to be noticed is the wrong motivation behind what we do. Now, who here has a social media account? Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, any of those? Social media feeds directly into these wrong motivations. People go on social media, they go on Facebook and all this to craving recognition through whether it be that photo on Instagram that they got all those likes on, whether it be how many Facebook friends they can get. But it feeds into this want and this need to have recognition for people to see me, people to see what I'm doing. But it is not honouring God. So have you ever found, and apparently in the first service this was just me, but I don't know if there's more people in this service, um, who have found when you get a new Facebook friend or someone new follows you on Instagram or something like that, that you go through your own photos and your own posts? Could just be me again. <laughs> oh, but all right. Um, 
But I found a couple of weeks ago that I would in fact go through my own stuff just to see what opinions someone could create about me. Would they think I'm cool? Would they want to be my friend? Would they think I'm really spiritual or really artsy? And again, this is feeding into this wrong motivation of wanting the credit, wanting someone to recognize me, wanting someone to see me. But the kingdom way is that through everything we do, God gets the glory. Amen? Amen. Um, So there are some key questions that could come out of this. Do I need God's help with the motivations of my own heart? Do I tend to want to be noticed, appreciated, given kudos and praise? Do I always need the credit? Do I need Jesus' help to remember that I work and act for his glory and not my own? The next principle is the strength principle. So God provides us with the strength to serve others. He is our source. We do not do this on our own. In fact, we cannot do this on do this on our own. So this is again why we're doing this belonging series, because we can't do it on our own. As much as we can't do it without other people, we can't do it without God. Amen. We require the empowerment of the Spirit. When we serve, we should draw on the presence of God to strengthen us for serving. Sometimes we come to serve and we're tired and we're exhausted. We've had a big week, we've had a lot going on, and we just don't want to do it. But these are the moments when we, when we just feel we can't do it. These are the moments that we need to cultivate the presence of God and the work of God inside us to give us strength to serve. But unfortunately, in the busyness of all our world, sometimes when we come to serve, we come with just our leftovers, with just the bits of, oh, this is all I can give today. I have nothing more. This is all I can give today. A while ago, sort of in last year, I was leading worship on a Sunday and I had had a big week. Um, I was tired. I was exhausted and I really didn't want to be there. And I was sitting side of stage before the service started with um, another person who was on the team that Sunday. And I said this to this person. I said, look, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I don't want to do this today. And they looked at me and they said, oh, so you're doing it in your own strength then. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. I felt like I had just gotten a right hand to the face. It just took me down. In those five minutes before I, had, when I, before I came up, I really had to get right with God. I had to take a step back and, and reevaluate what I was doing and just say, look, this isn't for one, this isn't for my glory, it's for his glory. And this isn't about whether or not I feel like I can do it today. I need to take a step back and say, I can't do it, but through him I can. Amen? Because it's all about his empowerment and what he can do through us, not, we, what, not what we can do. Amen? Oh. So, key questions to ask ourselves about this. Do I need to draw more on the strength of God? Am I walking and working in my own strength? Am I serving tired? Am I grumpy? Rupert. Good morning. 
my name is Rupert, and uh, Pastor Ben asked me to share this morning on uh, the following three principles. Um, the first one is the individual initiative principle, followed by the each one principle, and then lastly, the common good principle. Follow with me as I read God's word. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 to 7. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The first principle, the individual initiative principle, Paul uses these words, gifts, service, and working. We've got a job to do, our job. And these three words are called, they're in a parallelism. It's a big word, it just means they all mean the same thing. Gift equals serving, serving equals working. It's on the walls. Connect, grow, serve, flourish, lead, influence. It's actually on the walls. And what happens is when we, the spiritual initiative part is uh, normally when it comes to doing God's work, uh, normally we have uh, spiritual Christianese excuses. Um, the first one, we normally, uh, well, we normally understand, the first one we always use is like, well, you know, I don't feel God is leading me in that direction. That's the first one. Another one they go, um, you know, I don't feel a peace about it. I don't feel a peace about it. Next one, I think God is transitioning me into a period of rest. Mm, no, we call that laziness. You see, the transition into rest is when we get to heaven. You see, when we eternal state, that's when we rest. Here, we are called and we are saved to serve, not saved to sit. You see, so we, the, my favorite one, the one that I use, because laziness is a gift for me. And that's not a gift. Uh, let's call it what the Bible calls it, flesh and sin. So let's call it those two. So laziness is a gift for me. Um, and so basically, my favorite one that I use, because I was raised in the church with my father as a pastor. So whenever you want to get out of something that you don't want to do, classic line. Let me pray about it. <laughs> that one works, because the thing is, it gets people off your back, and also you look spiritual while doing it. Okay, so it looks like you're praying, but you don't. And also you get out of it, and so you're still lazy. So it's all good. So it's a, it's a double, it's a win-win situation. And as a pastor's child, you pick these things up very early in life. It gets people off your back, you know. Uh, so the first question you have to ask yourself, do I need God's help in how and where to serve? Am I using my gifts? And uh, the question is for every single person in this hall. Do I need God's help to take the initiative in doing this? Um, yes and no. Um, for example, um, I play the piano. And for a while, I've been sitting in the church, uh, just there, you know, just watching, just like a show. And then uh, Pastor Alcorn came from Brisbane, and he started preaching. And he said, if you don't use the gifts that God has given you, then you're robbing God's people of the gifts that he's given you. So you're robbing God's people. They're poorer because of it. And different words of knowledge and God, you know, spoke to me. And the point is, I got off my lazy self and, uh, you know, you volunteer. The biggest challenge for us as Christians is not really, you know, where God should use us. It's basically switching off Netflix. Do you know what I'm saying? Because Netflix takes a lot of time. I asked my kids, actually, I say, so how long, you know, if you've got an hour to do anything, we can watch a movie. With my kids, when it comes to Bible study, uh, Bible study takes a very long time, like five minutes, six minutes. Um... And if you, if you watch a movie, 
We can watch a movie right now for two hours. And everybody will be like, mm-hmm, there we go, Aquaman, not a problem. You bring in the Bible study, you'll be like, oh my word, this is going to, how long is this going to be? Five minutes, six minutes? And so we have this idea that we all have this tendency. The second principle, the each one principle. This is an interesting one. It says, no one misses out. You have something to bring to the table. You're not disqualified, hampered, or left out unless you refuse to do it. Now, who did God use in the Bible? Well, uh, let's see who he used. He used a donkey. So that's interesting. He used a donkey to speak to Balaam. He used a fish. Jonah got that situation, three days. He used a fire cloud by night and clouds by day. So he can use inanimate things, burning bush with Moses. Uh, Moses said, I can't speak. He used my brother Aaron, you know. Uh, Elijah you know, used birds and stuff like that. So God used um, even donkey's bones with Samson. He used all Thomas, like Thomas, you know, the poking finger until I put my finger in the hole. Da, da, da. Peter denied Jesus three times. Aren't you a follower? And then he used Lazarus. And he was dead. Dead. Like D-E-D dead. I know that's not how you spell it, but it's okay. It's just it's better that way. I'm a teacher, so it's all good. Uh, Lazarus was actually dead, and God still used him. So everyone in this room, we're not dead. So we can be used by God. Excellent. So that's like, that's like yeah. Okay, we pass there. God gives us the gifts to glorify. So the question is, do I need God's help to see where I can make a difference? Yes, and we have this over here. We have the next step. Next Steps course. We've got this book over here. In this book, there's so many opportunities of ministry where we can get involved in. It's right at the back there. And you can go home and pray about it. And, and you know, use that line. Um, and so my wife in the first service, she goes, she goes uh, Rupert, you're speaking too harsh. You speak too harsh. I said, these are people from Australia. I said, well, I'm from Africa. So I have a different you know, okay. And so uh, I said to my wife, my wife is white. And so she goes, and you have to speak, you know. I said, I'll try. I failed again, but it's okay. It's not a problem. I'll tell her I'll, I'll do better next time. And so basically the thing, God can use a donkey, he can use a fish, he can use clouds, and he can use burning bushes. He can use us. Okay. To believe that I'm one of God's people and he wants to use me through this to be a blessing to others. Like Pastor Dave said, it's not about us. Our dreams, our ambitions, our hopes, and all those things, it's not about us. If you want to become a hairdresser, how can I use that to glorify God? You want to become a painter, how can I use that to glorify God? If I'm a teacher, a, a, a truck driver, whatever, how can I use that to glorify God? Because that's why we're here, to glorify God. We can enter the eternal rest, but that's not the time. Now is not the time. The next one, the last one, the common good principle. It's not about you. It's not about you. Our gifts are here to edify the body of Christ. These people that are playing instruments up here, people that are packing our chairs and stuff like that, there are ministries that are happening that we don't even see. The bathrooms and the toilets are clean. Thank God for that. There's toilet paper in there, and we thank God for that too. Someone does that. You know, there's barbecue, stuff like that. We need help to pack our chairs. Let's pray about it. Nope, you don't need to pray about it. Let's get the chairs out. It's all good. Sam needs help with the barbecue. No need to pray about it. Let's just go out and help. There's some things we might not need that, uh, you know, that direction to. The common good. Verse 7 says, our gifts are there for the common good. The key question, do I need God's help to place others before myself and seek the common good before my own? Absolutely, because, you know, naturally we are selfish. Naturally, like Peter said, we gravitate towards that. I'm helping poor people. Selfie. Let's upload. How many likes do I get? 
I said to my wife the other day, 2018 is behind us and 2019 is ahead of us. I don't want 2019 to be the same as last year. If I did the same things as I did this year, then what has just happened? I must be growing in Christ. I must be getting stronger and better in Christ. How do I serve? If I didn't serve last year in 2018, how can I serve in 2019? If a three-year-old child runs around here pretending to be a fairy, everybody goes, that's cute. If a 20-year-old comes around around here pretending to be a fairy, we've got problems. We've got phone calls to make. Do you know what I'm saying? If grown-ups come running around here pretending to be a fairy, we need to triple zero that. Because the thing is, you need there are certain stages of development. So, you know, just like spiritually, when I was a baby, I used to drink milk. I can't drink milk my whole life. I need to grow up. Get stronger. The next year must be better than the last. 2018 must be different. 2019 must be better than 2018. I want to close with this verse from Second Peter where it says, Make every effort to add to your faith. Goodness. To your goodness, knowledge. Knowledge, self-control. Self-control, endurance. Endurance, brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness, godliness. And godliness, love. Read your Bible and pray every day and you will grow, grow, grow. It's a song I learned when I was a very young child in Sunday school. It still applies. Martin Luther King said, The time to do right is always right now. The time to serve is always right now. When I finish my race, whenever that is, and I stand before Christ, I actually want to break the tape in my race. I want to break the tape and actually finish my race well. I don't want to crawl over the finish line and say, oh my word, I just, I just got in here. I actually want to break the tape. I want to finish my race well. That means I have to fight my laziness, switch off Netflix, and do something. I want to hear, like everyone here in this room, well done, good and faithful servant. I don't know about you, but I've certainly been challenged this morning. Practical message, but yet powerful implications if we apply them to our lives. You know, God, he uses a person to the left of you, to the right of you, and he even wants to use you. I love the thought that we heard this morning. To fully appreciate the grace of God, you need other people, and other people need you. message this morning is simple. You belong here. We touched on seven principles. We had the serve principle. It's not about you. It's what we do with God and for people. You know, we all want to belong to something bigger than us, a bigger picture, and our role is obedience to God. If God is transforming your life through this ministry, please consider joining us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give at desertlifechurch.org forward slash give. Thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Have a great week.